Wonk and Circumstance, a new podcast from your friends at Voteraid. My name is Wonky Rabina, and I'm one of the co-founders of Voteraid, along with Tony Vu and Chris Knowles. Putting together this podcast because our mission at Voteraid is to increase civic engagement, especially at the state and local levels. We think that issues at the state and local levels are extremely important, just as important, if not more so, than at the federal level. And yet, they just don't get very much attention. So over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to be putting out weekly episodes that will help users and listeners like yourself be able to better understand the issues that are in front of the Florida legislature from a holistic perspective. We'll take a look at issues as sensitive as guns, as medical marijuana, as the death penalty. We'll take a look at transportation discussions such as the elimination of red light cameras and express lanes or even self-driving cars. We'll look at big picture things like education and even some things that may seem small but actually have a pretty big impact. We'll be looking at this from the perspective of several different ideologies, conservative, liberal, libertarian, progressive, and any ideology under the sun. All we ask from our panelists is the same thing that we ask of everyone, that you keep an open mind and be willing to listen to all sides. For this preview episode, we're going to take a look at what it is that the Florida legislature is actually facing come the session that starts this time next week on March 7th. If you're listening on the day that this podcast airs, and if you do, thank you very much. You are one of the first listeners. Later on, I'll have an interview with two Nicks, Nick Alvarez and Nick Recuset, both who are legislative aides in Tallahassee in the Senate, to hear about legislative priorities and what it's like to be in Tallahassee when the session is going on. But first, I want to give you uh, an overview of what the session is going to look like and what it is that is facing the Florida legislature overall, because like I said, this is an area where not a lot of attention is paid. First and foremost, there is a misconception that Florida is a swing state. Florida is not a swing state. Florida, if anything, is a front-running state. At the presidential level, in the Electoral College, yes, Florida does seem to change its mind quite often, having just recently voted for President Trump, having voted previously for President Obama, famously for President Bush, and on and on and on. However, ever since the turn of the 21st century, Florida can be said to clearly be a red state. Currently, at the state level, there is only one elected official who is a Democrat, that is Bill Nelson, uh, the senior member of the U.S. Senate. And Senator Nelson is in a contentious bid for re-election, and that's putting it mildly, in 2018. Every other statewide office, including the other member of the U.S. Senate, Junior Senator Marco Rubio, as well as Governor, and the statewide executive offices are held by Republicans. Republicans also hold a stranglehold majority on the Florida legislative chambers. In the House, they enjoy a 79 to 41 majority, and in the Senate, they enjoy a 25 to 15 majority. What this means is that at the state level, the fights are not held between the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. No. Instead, the fights are held between branches of government and between chambers. Adding to the intrigue, of the Florida legislative session is not only is Senator Nelson up for re-election in 2018, like I already mentioned, but all of Florida statewide offices other than Senator Rubio are up for election in 2018. It is believed 
that Governor Rick Scott will challenge Senator Bill Nelson for his seat in the U.S. Senate come 2018. That will mean that we will have an open race for governor. There are several rumored candidates for those positions, including uh, Agriculture Secretary Adam Putnam and former Congressman Gwen Graham. However, the one rumored candidate who will be putting the biggest thumbprint on the chamber is House Speaker Richard Corcoran. Richard Corcoran is rumored to be running for governor and his actions so far in uh, planning a budget and in taking certain stances with certain agencies sure do make it look like he will be a candidate. The fact is that 2018, the year of the election, is a little too late to make your mark when it comes time to face the voters that November. So you'll see a lot of posturing in 2017, a lot of movements made with votes to try to show the voters that whatever ideology a particular candidate subscribes true, or to, excuse me, that they are a true believer and that they should be counted on both in a primary and a general election setting. Just to give an example of what that means, uh, there is a fight brewing between the House and the Senate over an organization called Visit Florida. Now, you may have heard of this organization in the news if you are a fan of Pitbull. If you haven't, I would say pause the podcast now, type in Pitbull Visit Florida, and enjoy the articles. The House originally wanted to eliminate the agency altogether. Instead, they have voted to lower Visit Florida's budget to $25 million from an original $75 million. The Senate doesn't agree. The governor very much doesn't agree. The governor is a big fan of Visit Florida. So... There's a fight of brewing, and this is not a partisan fight. This is a chamber fight. So something to keep in mind for the upcoming session. Because of the fights we're seeing over things like Visit Florida, like the budget, like the uh, positioning for campaigns in 2018, it is believed by all sides at the legislative level that we will not finish on time. For those that do not know, the Florida legislature has one constitutional mandate and one mandate only, and that is to pass a budget. If they do not pass a budget before the session ends, they have to come back for special session. And let's just put it this way. A lot of staffers in Tallahassee don't have leases that expire when the session is supposed to. They're staying longer. Everyone is planning for a special session. Now, to get a little bit of a better insight, into what is happening in Tallahassee. Let's hear from the two Nicks. Uh, we're joined by two staffers uh, in Tallahassee, and I'll let them now introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Nicholas Alvarez. I'm a legislative assistant to State Senator Anita Flores, who uh, is currently representing District 39. And I am Nick Rickasset. I am currently a legislative aide for Senator Frank Artelis. I was his campaign manager on the campaign side, and now I'm on I'm moving up to Tallahassee to be his uh, legislative aide. All right. Uh, thank you, both of you, for being here. And congratulations to both of you, of no course, problem. on uh, winning election in November. Thank you. All right. So let's start uh, with an overview of things. Right. Uh, so Florida has been a state that is uh, a Republican trifecta, a trifecta meaning controlled by the same party in the House chamber, the Senate chamber and the governor's mansion. And it's been that way for a few years. Uh, have the priorities in Tallahassee changed? Uh, is there something different about governing when you've been in power for so long? Uh, sure. So uh, that's a good question because, I mean, as you see throughout history and in, in any state and at the national level, once a party has established such dominance for so long, the priorities kind of start really going into, um, how do I say, 
you know, they start they start becoming more the priorities of each chamber as opposed to one unified party yeah. because everybody has their own priorities. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely the case. I definitely agree with Nick on that one, and you can kind of see it now in the you know the the House and the Senate both. Uh, you know, we're both both work on the same page. However, you know some some priorities might be different from one chamber to the next. So, and you can you can definitely probably see that this year or this session. It reminds me of a quote from the West Wing, where it said that uh, I think it was Josh Lyman was saying something about Republicans calling them the enemy, and he said, "No, no, the uh, the other party is the opposition. <laughs> the other chamber <laughs> that's the enemy." That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, when I was on the Hill, that was very much the uh, the perspective of, of the House representatives anyway. All right, so so understanding all that, it, what would be, you think, maybe the top one or two things that the the Republican Party is looking to to get done this time in Tallahassee? I'd say, I mean, one of the one of the big things moving forward uh, is trying to make uh, government a little bit more, um, I guess, effective, kind of common sense, at least uh, on 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 our end. We're just trying to pass, uh, specifically with Senator Artillis, uh, transportation mm-hmm. uh, uh, transportation bills to try and solve transportation mm-hmm. issues like uh, the express lanes and 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 stuff like that. Express lanes, uh, MDX, red light cameras. That's kind of what you know our team has been focused on. I mean, overall. I mean, I think I think to that 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 question really go, also goes relates to the first question. How it just depends on what chamber you're asking. Yeah. Um, I mean, That's the in, in the House you have you know they want to completely. Uh, defund Visit Florida and all the incentive programs yeah. in the Senate. You know, they want to uh, pass the big water bill, the reservoir bill, and also increase and, you know, help out with state uh, state university system. So yeah, it really depends education. on the chamber. Okay. Uh, actually, uh, Nick, uh, you, you, Which Nick? you, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out how I was going to say that. Uh, so, uh, T. Martillis actually hit on one of the, the questions I was planning on, which is let's, let's talk about those red light bills and the express lane bills in particular. We, we, we've seen, uh, Senator Artillas on the news in, in, uh, local media here. What are the realistic chances that those bills pass? Is there one that has a better chance than another? Will we have, uh, both express lanes and red light cameras gone by the end of the year? Well, uh, our express lane, well, express lanes, red light cameras, and, and, and MDX are three separate pieces that we're working on right now. The one that's been referred to its first committee, transportation. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, do, you, do you mind uh, giving us the, the bill numbers if you have them handy? Uh, I don't have them off the top of my head, but I, uh, yeah, sorry about that. I got to. No, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, I'll look them up and post them on the, the podcast episode page for the listeners. Yeah, yeah no worries. Um, but yeah, those, those three separate pieces of legislation, the red light camera bill, uh, recently was un- unfortunately got an unfavorable uh, recommendation from tra- the transportation committee. Um, so that one is, as of now, we're still trying to see what we can do, but that one as of now is dead on our side. Um, I know the House with Representative Avila, he's still pushing it, and, I'm, I'm, and I think it passed all of its committees and it's going to go to the floor. So on our end, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do to address that. Um, so you can stay tuned on that one because I know uh, Senator Artsos will never give up on, on, on anything. So... <laughs> So we'll we'll see what we can do on that end. Um, with with MDX, uh, one of our bills that we are proposing uh, is for specifically with MDX to collapse MDX onto FDOT. That way, FDOT would have a say on what the tolls are, and FDOT is funded by Tallahassee. Uh, so that way, it is accountable to the representatives that are elected by the people. Because MDX is not a government entity; it is a separate organization that has basically not doesn't have transparency or accountability. Uh, in that organization and then the express lanes we've mm-hmm. seen how it's disproportionately been it's an unsafe 
unsafe measure to the point where even uh, Florida Highway Patrol has called us and, and mentioned that they can't they can't enforce laws there. It's, there's not enough room. Uh, the lane diving, how it, lane diving is causing a disproportionate number of accidents on just because of the express lanes. And they FDOT did hire more highway patrollers to address that issue. However, they've said it that there's no room. If they see that, they can't pull anyone over because the express lanes are too narrow and it's it's unsafe for them to pull over. So they basically have to follow. If they see a lane diver, they have to follow and it's, it's a, it causes a huge mess. So those two bills, they've already been referred to committee. Uh, I believe they're going to be heard uh, by next one, by the time the session starts. So uh, we, we, they, haven't, we have, they haven't been heard at the first committee, but they've already been assigned. So Okay. And uh, session will, by the time this airs, for those listening, session will probably be about a week away from, from okay. starting. It's March 7th, I want to say. Yeah, March 7th. You're correct. Uh, Tuesday, March 7th. Okay. Okay. Um, so... Taking a look at uh, the other Nick, Nick Alvarez, uh, this, is, this is just as confusing for me as it is for most of the people that you meet, I'm guessing. Uh, so for Nick Alvarez, looking at it from uh, Senator Flores' perspective, Senator Flores has been in the legislature for a little bit of time, uh, in the House first and now in the Senate. And in the legislature, she's kind of developed the reputation for being uh, the education representative and now education senator. She's always been big on those issues. Is, is that still a priority going forward into this session, or is she looking elsewhere for how to really make her mark on this session? Sure. So, I mean, you, you mentioned she's been in the legislature for some time now. Uh, one of her biggest achievements back in the House was when she helped uh, create the uh, First Generation Scholarship. I know that she has four more years now, and I know she's going to try to leave her mark on that. For this specific session coming up now, we do have one bill going, uh, which is the recess bill, uh, SB 78, I believe. And that one is to help um, uh, for students in, in elementary school, which is kind of, a, I guess, a shift from the ed higher education, but it still is in the education realm. And so that bill it currently has passed through its committees, um, or actually not all the committees yet in, that, in the Senate, but we're now we're still waiting for it to be agended in the House. But um, that's a bill. I mean, that's that's been it's had some momentum. It's gaining momentum, and we actually just had a press conference about it on Thursday. Cool. Uh, how, what do you think the chances of, of the recess bill passing are? Um, I think it's a good bill. That's, like I just said, it's, got, it's been gaining momentum, gaining traction. It has a lot of support throughout the state. I mean, it has statewide uh, implementation. You know, um, it, it will affect the state uh, students across the whole state. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's got, it's got good momentum going right now. Okay. In the last few months, we've seen something different than what we usually see after an election. Uh, usually people after an election, I don't want to say don't care very much after, but uh, there, there's definitely a drop-off in interest. And if anything, it seems like the intensity with which interest has grown is, is unparalleled, at least in the last few years. This is generally in national issues. So it's not something that would affect the legislature per se. However, there is a lot of attention to things like uh, education policy on the Hill, uh, transportation policy insofar as infrastructure on the Hill, uh, and many, many other areas. I know, technically speaking, Washington, D.C. and Tallahassee don't aren't supposed to have anything to do with each other. But could you see all the attention that is being put on the federal level blend down into the state level and cause uh, the results of some of these bills to change? Um, sure. I honestly would love to see that happen. Um, I think this is the first time. Well, and what I mean by that, well, what I'm, I guess what I'm, what I'm referring to is that I, I would hope that the attention to the Hill trickles down to the state level because... Um, kind of talking about education, how 
this is the first time I feel like the majority of my, my, my friend group, my, uh, our generation knows who, you know, who's in charge of the education for the United States. But I hope that now they'll start, look, they'll start realizing that education is an issue that's really, you know, largely controlled at the state, state level. And so hopefully they'll start realizing that and then kind of start focusing on more on state and then local which is what I believe really affects you on a day-to-day basis far greater than the national level. Got it. Yeah, definitely. That, uh, in, if, if that were to trickle down as far as the attention from D.C. to Tallahassee, I, I agree with Nick. I think it would be great because uh, you'd be surprised with how little, I mean, a lot of people don't really know about, you know, what happens in the state legislature, what happens in state politics. I mean, because it's kind of national politics kind of drowns out a lot of that stuff. And, you know, I think it'll create more accountability and more, a better government because people, more eyes are watching. And all politics is local, so Florida politics will does affect you day to day more than than uh, than national politics. Okay, the Florida legislature uh, is faced with a unique situation where recently the U.S. Supreme Court said that uh, our death pace, death penalty system was unconstitutional and that it needed to be fixed. Will it be fixed? Or because last I checked, there wasn't a bill before the legislature about it. And technically, I mean, I don't know, I'm not a lawyer, but it would imagine that technically, until it's fixed, we don't have a death penalty. I, I, maybe I'm reading that wrong. I don't know. But it is, have you guys heard of any bills before the legislature that would change that? Uh, I, I personally haven't heard of any bills, but uh, who knows? Maybe someone's already submitted something into bill drafting. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't yeah. know of any bills, personally. That's, it could have been submitted already, but not yeah into bill drafting, but it not necessarily uh, been filed, I guess, officially yet. So, um, what what is bill drafting? How does that process work for those that don't oh, know? Great question. So, right. So, yeah, go or go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go for it. <laughs> all right, flip a coin. <laughs> all right. Well, basically, all right, perfect. Basically, um, for for bill drafting, what when when we go when we go into the legislature, we are with our members and and uh, and they they tell us which bills and which specific. Uh, what, what specifically they want these bills to do. We filled it out and we, we take notes on that on, in the format and we submit it to bill drafting. Bill drafting is a team uh, department in the, in the Senate. There's Senate bill drafting and House bill drafting. Professional and they actually, staffers. Professional staffers, yes. And they get all the ideas that our members want and, and, and figure out how to implement them and then write them into the, into the legal document, which is the bill that is presented. Mm-hmm. So, and most, and of these pe- that, most of these people are all attorneys. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. Most of these people are attorneys, just so you guys know. Okay. Uh, Yes, yes. And are these partisan offices? Like, is there a majority bill drafting and a minority bill drafting? Or is it something that's just, it's it's, uh, the same people every time? No, it's the same people. There's no... Same people, yes. It's one office per chamber. uh, Okay. It encompasses Mm -hmm. both Republicans and Democrats. It's nonpartisan. Yes, exactly. Interesting. All right, so let's let's close here uh, and see. Uh, give you guys each to tell us maybe uh, really quickly about what it is that your member is looking at for this particular session and um, any particular areas of interest that uh, the listeners might want to look out for. Sure. So uh, Senator Flores is has with her new district. She now has all of Monroe County while still maintaining parts of Westchester, Tamiami, um, and now also South Dade as well. Um, mm-hmm. One of one of the big things that she's been an advocate for the last few sessions is actually uh, a ban on uh, on fracking, and so there's actually a bill right now by Senator Young going out that we have co-sponsored, and it's one of the ones that we'd like to see get through uh, the process this year. Cool. 
Yeah, and uh, with Senator Artillos, we've had uh, the two bills that specifically came up now. We're actually going to do a press conference on one of them uh, March 8th is, uh, is our non-native species bill, which is basically uh, it's going to allow teams to go uh, hunting teams to go into the Everglades that is really affected by py Burmese python, tegu lizards. Uh, and also it also it's also going to encompass lionfish as well. And we're working closely with Representative Halsey Bashirs on the House side to to get that bill uh, through. And that's 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 pretty close. That's very close to Senator Artillas' heart because the Everglades is a huge, very important part to Florida's economy and Florida's tourism. So that would really help uh, on that front with the non-native species uh, that are basically eating everything and destroying the natural environment there. And also the um, one of our Senate joint resolutions is about having Miami-Dade County elect the sheriff. And that one just cleared its first committee uh, this past week. And we're, he's, he's working really hard to get that one through because Miami-Dade is the only county in the state of Florida that, has, that doesn't have an elected sheriff. It's a consolidation of power under the mayor. So that's something that he's very passionate about. And uh, we're excited to see how it goes through Senate and the rest of the committees. Those were just the first two of many different voices that you'll be hearing over the course of the next couple of months on the Wonkin Circumstance podcast. The idea here is that every single week we're going to tackle a specific issue that is facing the Florida legislature. Next week we'll be starting off with one of the most important and public issues that any government faces and that is gun laws. We recorded a very very interesting discussion with three panelists that have wide-ranging views ideologically on the subject. We're very excited to bring it to you in this very podcast feed this time next week. But guns are not the only issues that we will be talking about. We'll be dealing with things such like medical marijuana, education, transportation, civil asset forfeiture, solar power and energy regulation, the death penalty, and of course, at the end of the session, whether that be on time on May 5th or after the fact, we will be here in your podcast feed with a giant wrap-up episode. We will let you know not only what were the big topics that the legislature faced and how they were resolved, but we will go issue by issue in every single thing that we talk about. And we will let you know how the bills that we mentioned fared, whether they passed, whether they didn't, and how the law will change in the state of Florida in the years to come. We will also, for those listeners that are not in Florida, we will compare how Florida stands to those states across the country, especially on issues like guns and marijuana that have a wide disparity from state to state. So if you haven't done so already, make sure to hit subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast feed of choice to make sure that every week when a new episode comes out, it hits your device and you can listen to it on the way to work. Thanks again to the two Nicks, Nick Alvarez and Nick Recuset, who are legislative staffers for Senators Artiles and Flores. They were uh, a great insight to the legislative session, and we look forward to speaking to more people just like that throughout these next couple of months. Also, thank you to VoterAid. VoterAid is our presenting sponsor. VoterAid is your one-stop shop when an election is coming to help you understand who it is on your ballot that is an ideological match to your preferences. Now, coming up in just a few weeks, Coral Gables is going to have to elect a new mayor and elect new council members. We will be there helping you out. All it takes from you is a dozen or so questions, and we will let you know which candidates answered those same questions similarly to you. 
Voterade, you are five minutes away from an educated opinion on your local and state races. That's all I have to say. See you next week when we talk about guns.